That yeah. was so funny. It just boom. It was so like not at all like that the other two episodes. Anyway, sorry. Let's try that again. All right. Welcome to Off the Crossbar. This is episode you know we're recording these in order. 36. This would be this would be episode 36, but now that I think about it, again, the timeline thing, we're probably gonna release this before episode 35 or 34. So anyway, this is episode 36 of Off, off the Crossbar. We're going to be doing, uh, um, to get you ready for the MLS season, one of the things that's becoming more and more common throughout MLS and throughout sports in general, um, sports betting, which is something that I've been interested in for a while. Um, so we're going to talk about sports betting just kind of as an intro to sports betting, not going into too much detail or anything, but just giving you a brief overview so that you can understand what people are talking about. As We've we been waiting so long betting. for this. I've oh, been waiting man. so long. I'm really excited. Me too. All right, well, to start, to be clear, uh, we live in Utah um, where it is not actually like legal to sports bet. There's no U.S.-based um, sports betting site that will let you bet on sports in Utah because it's not legal. There are international sports sites that you can use, um, and it's kind of – it's like a great Do you area. need a VPN? Yeah, you don't condone it. You can definitely get a VPN. But do you need a VPN? If you're going to bet on like U.S. sports sites uh, or U.S. sports books, I should say, you probably need a VPN. And there's several states that do allow sports betting. Uh, Nevada is an obvious one. New Jersey is another one. Um, I think Colorado is a new one. But anyway – you can look it up. There's plenty of states that will that allow sports betting. And if you want to bet on U.S. sites, you need to live in a state that allows it. Utah doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there are international sites as well. And this is where it's kind of a gray area. It's fun for me because I like legal gray areas. Um, nice. That's where you thrive. Yeah. If you're betting on a sports site internationally, you're technically like making money in that country you're not making money or actually placing bets in the u.s and there's no way that like utah law can prevent you from doing that i don't think pretty sure anyway um the other thing you we're not lawyers to be clear <laughs> yeah we're, we're not <laughs> lawyers don't trust I our legal advice <laughs> i am not a lawyer yeah sorry um as a second thing um as a second disclaimer um sports betting is well let me back up gambling just as a general rule can be addicting um it can lead to a lot of problems there's a couple easy rules to follow but there's definitely a lot of gambling resources uh, gambling addiction resources out there and if you feel like you have a gambling addiction take it seriously it causes a lot of problems as a general rule gambling should be the very last thing you spend money on i'm never going to advocate spending your rent money or anything else to gamble. Okay, so like obviously don't being, do that. Okay, but so I know how much I have to spend on rent this month. But what if I bet that money and then I can get two months of rent? Is that oh, a good idea? That's a bad idea. Okay, don't do right. that. Uh, it's what, obviously what disposable it's income. Thing? <laughs> <laughs> Every time somebody says "sure thing" or "it's a lock," I imagine Kramer. Yeah. And he's like, "It's a lock, Jerry." Anyway, just follow the two easy rules. Don't bet money that's 
meant for something else. Pay your bills, pay your rent, pay whatever. And then if you have disposable income, gambling's fun. It's easy. It can be rewarding, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, the other thing is obviously, 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 don't borrow money to bet. If you're borrowing money to bet on anything under any circumstances, that's how you get in trouble. Don't do that. Okay. So what about using your credit card to bet? Don't use a credit card because <laughs> it's borrowing, Matt. That's, that's okay, but borrowing. what if I'm using PayPal credit and you get no interest for six months if it's above $100? <laughs> All right, talk to a lawyer Sorry, about that. Don't do know. that. Sorry, don't, don't, don't. Anyway, so, but other than that, yeah, it, it is something that I think in Utah is obviously it's very frowned upon. There's not a lot of people here that do it, know about it. And because of that, I think that a lot of people think that it's like this big, bad boogeyman. And it really isn't. It's just a form of entertainment is really all it is. And if you're spending entertainment dollars to entertain yourself, gambling, not a bad way to do it. Um, so, but anyway, to get into like the nitty gritty, the vocabulary, um, soccer is kind of a weird one. I'm going to come at this from like an angle of like basketball because it's a lot more <laughs> – it's a lot easier to explain sense. sports betting from a sport like basketball because soccer is kind of its own own animal. Um, basically, there's four different big categories of bets that you can make. Um, the first and the easiest one is called a money line. It's who's going to win the game. Um, in basketball or most sports, there's, there's either going to be a winner or a loser. Soccer, it's different because you can have a tie and that introduces – a different angle but a money line bet is basically just who's going to win the game you put money on who's going to win and the odds can fluctuate um a lot because there's games where you pretty much know who's going to win there's a number one team playing a number 12 team number one team is probably going to win you're not going to win as much money betting on those games because that's a much easier game to predict who's going to win um so for that for those games they created what's called spread betting you're betting against the spread and the spread again to use a basketball as an example if you've got the jazz say playing who's a bad team in the west right now a bad team in the west you ask yeah. <laughs> what about the Ooh, i'm just going to pick the denver nuggets because they're underperforming but they're not really bad it's okay fine the minnesota timberwolves they're like one yeah, of the worst minnesota, teams that's right okay so if the jazz are playing minnesota they're probably going to win so a money line bet isn't going to weirdly one of the one teams we've lost to this year okay sorry yeah. my bad <laughs> we're probably going to win against minnesota obviously there's upsets but that's the fun of it um so to make it a little bit more interesting they'll lay what's called a spread and basically they'll pick a number they've got data and they use scoring data and historical data and there's a lot of science and math that goes into it that's not important they're going to pick a a, a a margin of victory is basically what the spread bet is so they're going to pick like seven points or ten points or one point whatever it is and they're going to have a favorite and an underdog in this example the jazz would be the favorite the timberwolves would be the underdog and if they say let's just say it's a seven point spread you can bet for the Jazz to beat the Timberwolves by more than seven. Or you can bet for the Timberwolves to lose by less than seven. It's a, it's a margin of victory. Whoever covers the spread is whoever, in that case, the Timberwolves, if they lost, but they only lost by two or three, they would cover. The Jazz didn't beat them as much as they were expected to beat them by. Right? Got it. Again, in soccer, it gets 
a little unusual because in soccer, they just don't score that many goals. You're not going to have a seven point spread. What you about what a mean? one point spread? That's extremely common in soccer. Mm-hmm. It's either a one point or a one and a half point. They'll do half points so that there is a winner, obviously. If they did just like a straight seven point spread and the margin of victory was seven points in an NBA game, you'd have a push. All the bets get forfeit. Everybody gets their money back. Nobody actually wins anything. Uh, casinos don't like that because they make money on any bet that where there is a result where they pay out one winner and they have losers. That's how they make money. Um, so most spreads have a half in there to make sure that there's a winner and a loser. I've always wondered about that. So that's really good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, if you want to get into specifics about how casinos make money, let me know. Ooh. But they, they always make money. They're, it's the house bets. always wins. They always do. Anytime somebody's talking about like beating Vegas through sports betting, they're not. As long as you make a bet and there's a winner and a loser, Vegas or the sports book or whoever is making money. They never pay out more than they or they maybe than they take in. They shouldn't be paying out more than they take in. That's why odds are set the way they are. That's how the math works. One side loses and that side always pays more than they have to pay out to the winners, no matter Interesting. what. So, um, yeah, it's not like a game that you can beat the casino. It's like poker. You're playing against other people. You're either going to pick the winner or you're going to pick the loser. And if you pick the winner, you win. And if you're good at picking winners, you can make money. And if you're not good, you can have fun, but you're going to be losing money. And it's <laughs> fine to lose money at sports betting because, like I said, the – the reason I've said this before, the reason I do sports bets is it just gives you something else to watch during the game. If I've got a bet laid on, say, Donovan Mitchell to score more than 30 points, I'm watching every single time the Jazz have the ball. I want Donovan Mitchell to be scoring. And every time Donovan Mitchell misses a shot or somebody else takes a shot, like there's an emotional response there, right? Every single possession until he scores 30 points or whatever it is. And then I win or I don't win. I'm invested in the game, the whole game. And it just makes it more entertaining. Like I said, it's just it's just a form of entertainment. Um, the other big one um, that you can do, uh, it, again, cross sports is an over-under. Soccer, as a general rule, the over-under is pretty much always set at two and a half. Like I said, they have the half there. So there's always a winner and there's always a loser. Over-under is just... Um, the number of points or in soccer would be the number of goals scored in a game from both teams. So a three, one game, there's four goals. If the over under was two and a half, you win. If you take the over, it's pretty easy, right? Um, the over under across different sports will change obviously based on what teams are playing. It does a lot more in soccer as well, but the over under number doesn't usually change. It's usually two and a half, three and a half, Every now and then you'll get a two or a three or like a four where there's a possibility of a push. But generally speaking, it's going to be a half and it's going to be low in soccer. It's pretty much always two and a half, three and a half, something like that. If you have a team that's going to beat up on somebody or you have teams that just have great offenses and bad defenses and they just are always in high scoring games. You'll see those games might have a four and a half or a five and a half spread in soccer, but it's a little unusual. Okay. But that's where you can look and see, like if you have a 
in Italy last week, there was a game, uh, Napoli versus Sassuolo. I think the over-under on that game was two and a half. Napoli, the last several games, they've always scored two or three goals, and they always let in one or two. So you can find those things, and they'll set it, but sometimes they just set it poorly. And if you find an over-under or a spread or a money line that – that's where you get the like locks. That's where you get the smart picks because sometimes the math that they use to determine what the score of the game is going to be is just bad. They're usually pretty uh, and it good. Doesn't, it doesn't always reflect the form that teams are actually in. No, exactly. It doesn't always reflect injuries to critical players. It doesn't always reflect uh, a lot of things. And that's where you can kind of look for and find those things. Um, so, yeah, that actually brings up a good point. Um a lot of people love to look at a lot of reporters, journalists like to look at like odds futures of like, who's going to win the league or who's going to win um, a game, right? Who's the favorite in a game. And they'll say, Oh, this team's a two to one favorite to win. Say MLS cup. They're probably going to win. And that's just not the case. That's not how odds are set. That's not what that necessarily means. So when you look at, at the beginning of the season, um, a bet, for who's going to win MLS cup, they'll have different odds for all these different teams, but those odds are based on who's betting on which teams. Like I said, the house always wins. If everybody is betting on LAFC to win the title, they're going to tweak the odds to make the odds way worse. So you win less money and they're going to make the odds way better for like a Los Angeles or like a Seattle to encourage people to start betting on those teams because they've got great odds interesting there's only going to be one team that wins and if they're minimizing the payout on the team that's more likely to win based on who's actually betting not actually who's going to have a better season that's how those odds get set it doesn't really have anything to do with data predicting who's going to win that's usually where it starts but that's not where it goes it's all based on who's betting what so if you get a lot of people betting on la to make their odds go low and like Seattle's a more realistic choice for who's going to win. Like I said, that's another way you can game it is just wait for the odds to go up and then make the bet when the odds are best in your favor. So just keep an eye on that kind of stuff. Interesting. So the house always wins. So the house always wins. That's something to keep in mind. Don't, don't be betting with the with the plan of beating beating the house it's not going to happen yeah but the calculations can sometimes where they make these odds if you're paying attention to uh the leagues and like the teams that are you're potentially looking at betting on you can kind of see some uh abnormalities in these calculations that can be capitalized on yeah yeah and like i said this goes across all sports um yeah all sports have the same thing if there's one person or team that's a heavy favorite it's going to influence the odds when you get people going down to vegas and they're betting one or two million dollars on the result of a fight or a game or whatever after that bet is taken that sports book is going to change the odds to become much better so that they can get bets on the other side so yeah like i said it's not a predictor of a future outcome they're not that smart they just want people to bet money on both sides you could say that they're the smartest though because they do that right 
No, I don't yeah. know. No, you could. You definitely could. It's yeah. Like I said, they're just trying to get you to spend money. Obviously, that's their job. They don't. So be aware of that. Yeah, they don't care who wins. Um, they're just setting odds based on what everybody else is doing. Weird. Uh, but anyway, so we got spread bets, which is basically just a margin of victory. We've got money line, which is a straight who's going to win and who's going to lose. Um, and then we've got uh, over-unders. Those are the three big ones. The other big category of bets is you got prop bets on every single game. Like I said, you've got, as an example, of Donovan Mitchell scoring 30 points in a game. That's a prop bet. That's something that happens in the game. And every sports book offers hundreds of these kinds of bets soccer has so many of them that are a lot of fun and that's where you kind of can get excited about what's going on throughout the game uh just a couple of, like obviously in basketball there's like points um per player you can also do uh like points plus rebounds points plus rebounds plus assists for specific players um there are a lot of player specific ones in like basketball and football um, betting in soccer it's a lot more team specific for their prop bets you'll get who's going to win like the first half who's going to win the second half um so if you've got a team for example that's just a way better second half team they may not win the game they may lose three to two but in the second half they might win two nil just in that half and you can make that bet um they've also they do bets on total number of corners uh, they also do spread bets on corners. So each team is going to have a certain number of corners and you can basically just say this team's going to score more corners than the other. If you've got one team that has a lot of really good wingers that just get corners every single game, you've got those. Uh, you can also just make bets on like it's how cool. many yellow cards you're going to be in a game. Um, there's also player specific. If this player is going to get an assist or score one or two goals or whatever, so prop bets are a lot of fun. Prop bets are my favorite. Um, spread, money line, over, under, it's all well and good. In soccer, it's it's hard to get excited when you're picking over, under, two and a half every single game. You know what yeah. I mean? There's just not a lot of variance there. But with prop bets, there's a lot of variance from game to game. And like I said, it's the kind of stuff that lets you enjoy the game throughout. If you're counting corners or keeping an eye on or rooting for corners, basically – for or against corners like it's just like i said it's entertainment it's a lot of fun yeah so we can sing that song about corner kicks right (laughs) exactly (laughs) my favorite new chant um okay so question for you as i knock something over on my desk um when you look long term at over like the course of this season uh with bets for like mls cup if you were to play some now like what's your take on that is that a terrible idea no, it's not. Um, so that's another category of – they're called futures is what they are. Um, you're basically predicting the outcome on a season. Um, there's all – again, obviously, there's all kinds of futures for football. Just as an example, at the beginning of the season, they'll put out all of the star players, all the quarterbacks, all the running backs, a bunch of wide receivers, and you can just bet on a season long they'll get over 3,000 yards passing or they'll get over 25 touchdowns or whatever you can bet who's going to win the Super Bowl and futures bets are fun. I don't particularly like them. I don't do them a whole lot, but it's definitely a strategy. A lot of people will do. If we look at um, like MLS cup odds, um, the payouts on futures are much better than you're ever going to get on like a spread or a money line kind of thing. Um, 
just because you're picking one of 30 different teams to win an MLS cup, for example. Um, the, when I looked at it yesterday, uh, LAFC was the, they had the, the worst odds. They were three and a half to one to win, I think. Um, so basically if you bet like a hundred dollars, if LAFC wins, you win 350 bucks is what that is. And that's the worst payout. Every other team has better payouts. I think we saw RSL was 660 to one, um, which like sucks, but <laughs> what you can do with that. It's probably accurate, right? No, it probably is. And, and like I said, um, one of the things that a lot of people will do with futures bets on something like that, the team to win the World Series or the Super Bowl or whatever, at the beginning of the season, you can lay as many of those bets as you want. You can bet on five or six teams to win and you can do the math. And as long as you're playing the odds, you can pick what most people will do is they'll find teams in the like two to 10 category or like three to 10. And most of those, if you bet like a hundred dollars across four or five of those teams, all of the payouts, if any one of those hits is more than what you bet across everything. So if you what bet, if you on, bet a dollar on each team in the well, league, you could, but for example, if you did that, Across 30 teams, say you bet $30, $1 for each team. If, say, LF, LAFC wins, you're going to win $350, but you're paying $30 to win that mm. $350. If you mm. pick five or six teams that are that could win and they have good enough odds, you might pay 5 or $6 across six teams. And if any one of those six teams hit, the payouts on all of those could be $10 or more. Mm. so even though you bet six dollars across six teams if one of those hits you're making money and that's how you beat the house right that's how you quote beat the house yeah exactly and so yeah so that's what a lot of people do with futures type bets is they'll keep an eye on it and with like baseball and football they reset those futures at the beginning of the playoffs they reset them halfway through the playoffs they reset them constantly so you can pick your five or six teams at the beginning of the season and then if the playoffs begin you can reevaluate if two or three of those teams are out you can place more bets on other teams and as long as like i said the payouts on those are more than you're betting in which is still definitely very possible you can win money even though you're only going to win one of your eight or nine bets that you've made Okay, what's the best bet you've won? Like recently or like... Yeah, or just in your, your favorite betting story. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So last year, was it last year? Baseball. It was a baseball bet. Um, one of the prop bets that they'll do is, and it's who's if the player's going to hit a home run, basically. Right? And I was watching a Seattle Mariners game and I'm thinking the guy's name was Dylan Morey. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. He's a player that like hits like six home runs a year, right? Is that and a lot? So, no, <laughs> it's not a lot. Um, he just is not a power hitter. He doesn't hit home runs. Generally, you can go through and you'll have like, um, say just Mike Trout as an example. He hits like 45, 50 home runs a year. That means he's hitting a home run one out of every three or four games on average, right? So the odds on him hitting a home run that game, if you make that bet, it's probably going to be like a two to one, three to one payout. It's not a very good payout. I mean, it is a good payout, but it's not great. If you pick a player that gets like six or seven home runs, the payout's going to be like 60 to one, 71, just 
just way better. You're making more money if that guy hits a home run because it doesn't happen. Um, there was one line where they had it basically reversed. They usually do an over-under on home runs, and it's just set at half. So if you pick the over, he's going to hit a home run. Um, if you pick the under, he's not going to hit a home run. They basically had the odds reversed, and that's usually a mistake. Most casinos or sports books would see that bet, see the payout, and be like, oh, that's an obvious mistake. We obviously got the odds wrong. We gave you the wrong odds, and they would just cancel the bet, just pay you the money back. So he was basically, he was, I think, 45 or 50 to 1 to not hit a home run that game. And he was like two to, two or three to one to hit a home run that game. So obviously, like I said, something in a computer somewhere just like flipped it because it was the right odds, just the wrong way. I So I bet for him to not hit a home run and he didn't. I bet, I think it was like 40 bucks. I made a couple hundred bucks on it. It was pretty nice. So do you think players pay attention to the, uh, the bets that are put against them? Like, no. do you think that they, okay, like none? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that somebody pays attention to something. Um, I was listening to a guy named Pat McAfee the other day. Um, I guess he used to be an NFL player. I don't know much about it. I think he used to be a kicker. Um, but he was – somebody asked him that question um, in an interview. They were like, did you ever pay attention to it to see like what – it was set for your goals for the season, like to see what people were betting against you for, what they were betting for you to do. Did you ever pay attention? And he basically told – I don't know if you guys know the story of Pete Rose. He was a baseball player um, that got busted for betting on sports. Yep. And he was blacklisted from baseball. He's one of the best hitters in baseball history yeah. like by a million miles. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, he won't be in the uh, Hall of Fame. Yes because he got blacklisted from baseball he will like never work for a team have anything to do with it and he's one of the greatest of all time just because he got busted for betting on sports right so he was just pat mcafee was just telling the story of like all the way from like college starting like freshman year they have a bring everybody to, to a meeting and they're like don't be pete rose don't even mess with gambling don't bet on sports if anybody approaches you about betting or shaving points or like anything report it don't have anything to do with it because you don't want to be pete rose and he was talking about how they do that every single year in college they do it every single year in professional sports um so it's it's a big deal they don't i'm sure the player there are some players that do but from the way that he was talking he was like everybody just either ignores it or doesn't have anything to do with yeah. it they don't want to have it be a part of them even a little bit they don't bet. They don't finance other people to bet. Everybody's playing their hardest every single game. Nobody's trying to. I would just be curious, shave. like you know how many like famous people like name search themselves on Twitter. It, it would. Yeah. I would have to imagine there's a good chunk of players who are like, like, oh, I'm wondering if there's a, you know, bet that I'm not going to hit a home run today. Like, and now I now I really want to, or something like that. I, I would I love know. to disappoint hundreds of people. I mean, I already do, so we produce this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And if I could attach a monetary value to that disappointment as well, it would be even better. <laughs> I know that um, there I know that there have been times when a player when a like a fan will like tweet at a fighter or a basketball player or somebody and be like, You cost me five thousand dollars by not winning this fight, you know, you owe me this money or whatever. Um, like that stuff has happened. There's been a couple times where the athlete has responded. And they've just basically been like, 
just been like, uh, what did you want me to do? Like, I didn't want to lose. I don't want to lose. I'm not trying to, I'm obviously out there to win. Sometimes you don't win. Sorry. You know what I mean? They should offer to fight them for that money. <laughs> if you beat me, then you can have $5,000. If I beat yeah. you, then I don't know. I'll take your car. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know that like athletes are, I mean, they're obviously like aware that people are betting on them, on the games, on the outcomes. But I don't think any of them, I don't think athletes, knowing what I know about an athlete's mentality, I don't think any of them would allow it to like cross their mind that like, oh, I need to score this many points because the over under on me for the prop bet for this game was 32. I need, I need to score 33 points. I think they want to score 100 points every game. You know what I mean? Like they just want their team to win. They're not really worried about who's going to make or lose money on it. The exception, uh, of course, is Joey Barton, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when soccer match fixing would come up. <laughs> yeah. Um, my other favorite ones are the prop bets on throw-ins that you hear about players who like place a prop bet on taking a throw-in in like a specific minute. So they work really hard to get the ball out in that minute. And yeah, I read a story about it several years ago, and it was fascinating and very troubling. Yeah, that's actually, that kind of stuff is people were wondering like how when match fixing was like a, it was in the news a lot like a couple years ago they busted that like asian syndicate that was like fixing matches in like third division sweden where they thought that like nobody would ever find it that's pretty much that's the kind of stuff that they would match fix you don't really match fix games by like losing a game intentionally that's too big that's too obvious what you're going to do is you're going to match fix by um getting a yellow card in a specific minute you know what i mean that's something that's easy for a player to kind of manipulate or force you're not going to match fix by scoring a goal or allowing goals you're going to match fix by doing all those little prop bet things and if you've got somebody on the outside that's like hey look the odds are really good if you get a red card in the 72nd minute we can make a lot of money so that player is going to go get a red card in the 72nd minute by just beating somebody up or something you know what i mean like that's the kind of stuff it's all those like little prop bet things that are how most of that match fixing stuff was happening and if you do it in the third division in sweden it's going to go unnoticed for a long time what about the first division in italy <laughs> uh, you don't really get away with that as much <laughs> i mean juventus kind of did right uh, in yeah. the in the long term, they kind of got away with it. <laughs> in the long term, they kind of got away with it. Yeah, for sure. Turns out, no, if you like, have money, you're fine. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, obviously, sports gambling match fixing has been a problem across multiple sports um, throughout history. Baseball has a pretty color, a pretty storied history with it. Italy, obviously, is an easy example. The Asian betting syndicate from a few years ago was an easy example so yeah it definitely does happen players i mean we've had players even recently come out and been like mentioned that they've been approached and offered fifty thousand dollars to do something and something so it definitely happens i don't think it's as big of a problem as you would think but it definitely happens. i would think it's a big problem <laughs> but hey well, i think no, it's like said, like, interesting as a problem so the more it happens, the more interesting it is. Yeah. And as far as, like you said, like American sports, I think it's more, obviously knowing nothing about like how people are 
brought up as athletes in Europe and around the world. In American sports, I know it's very like heavily taught from a very young age to have nothing to do with it. And I think in America, at least, it's not really that big of a problem. We should um, we should work on getting an inside source at RSL and see if they're placing any prop bets against themselves. <clears throat> yeah. I would be very curious if someone <laughs> in the organization has done that. Yeah, I'm talking about like like an office pool type thing where just like a bunch of players at the beginning of the season bet on like no no I mean like the most goals on the team or like actually like actual match of sports book. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm sure we could just ask somebody at RSL and they would just yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That definitely happens. Let me tell you yeah. all about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to name names, but like, there are some players who've had very weird performances over the last five years at RSL. Yeah. And like, I like to blame that on bad coaching because there was a lot of that. But like, what if it was something more? What if there's like a deep conspiracy? The deep RSL state. <laughs> oh, man. We could have an All RSL right. Anonymous podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're doing. Our- I think we do need to have an RSL anonymous podcast eventually. Yeah. And we are just going to have Jake on with his voice disguised, <laughs> like drill. Just telling stories. Let's yeah, do it. Anything else you want to share with us, Trevor, before we uh, turn this off for the night? No, not really. Um, I think a lot of people. I'm going to go back and listen to this when I'm just for research purposes, obviously. <laughs> I think. Um, there's a kind of a thing about MLS uh, being like an, unpre- I think there's definitely a thing about MLS being like an unpredictable league. And it seems like there, there were conversations about like how impossible it is to bet on MLS sports and like yeah. make money. And like, to be honest, like that's how it is everywhere with soccer, but yeah. it's just like any other league. If you pay attention and you know what you're doing, it can be at the very least a very entertaining way to to watch soccer and you can definitely make money if that's your goal it's not really my goal when i bet on sports it's just disposable income it's just another way to spend money while i'm watching a soccer game so that's fun cool let me know if you remember there are resources if you uh if you feel like you have a gambling addiction uh tweet trevor and he'll send you links i'm sure because he's that kind of outstanding individual. Uh, I can do that. I just want to make DM sports betting. I just want to make sports betting like not a taboo subject anymore. And yeah. I want people to be able to, even if they're not actually doing it, be able to understand when people are talking about it and at least participate in a conversation intelligently. I can't tell you how sick I am of people not understanding over under bets. Well, once they've listened to this episode, they have no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, we recorded three episodes. So, so. yeah, Trevor. um. Delightful. Great intro, Trevor. Thank you. We're proud of you. All right. Well, I think that does it. Good night. Good night. Good night, guys.